quick hits on a Tuesday, September 20th, week two of the NFL season in the books. How are you all doing this morning? My name is Blake Pace. Before we get into everything today, going to talk a little bit about the Bills-Titans game last night. We'll talk about my Colts. Um, I have been neglecting speaking about them on this show. Um, and then we'll hit on some other quick things before we send it in to your Tuesday. Before we get to all of that, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Make sure to follow my other podcast, Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast with my good friend Teddy Pristash at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same with the YouTube page for them. You can go give Teddy a follow over at Teddy Huncho. Um, and boys, oh, <clears throat> and boys, it was a uh, a fun week too, kind of a crazy week too. Um, a lot of um, amazing comebacks between the Jets, the Dolphins the Raiders, um, and we'll get into a few of those teams later through the week. Quick schedule update. Uh, Chasing 69 is coming out on a Thursday, so this week's podcast schedule will be today, Wednesday, um, and then Friday as well, too. So just filling in the gaps around Chasing 1969. I want to start off talking about the Buffalo Bills. Um, they were a wagon again last night, taking down the Titans 41-7. to Close game through the first half, but then a 24 24- Nothing swing in the third quarter. Just about wrapped that up. The Bills offense, uh, starting offense, didn't even make it all the way through the third quarter. Um, they sat their guys for the entire fourth. Tennessee waved the white flag, moved to Malik Willis and their backups there as well, too. Um, and Buffalo moves to 2-0 on the season. And I wanted to take a look at them offensively. Um, and, you know, last night, 41 points without their wide receiver, two and Gabe Davis. The run game is still figuring itself out. And I wanted to take a look at them and compare it to some of the more explosive offenses we've seen in league history. I um, mean, I was looking at the numbers and and it's tough when you're two games in, you know, yards per play, they're right in there with, you know, I think they would be third all time um, in the NFL right now in yards per play. Um, I think they would be in terms of points per game somewhere in the top 10 as well too. It's two games into the season. So I'd rather see them play some, you know, tougher defenses, you know, they got the Dolphins coming up next week, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers are next on the road. So we're going to learn a lot about the Buffalo Bills over the next five weeks because they will take on either some really strong teams or some really good defenses. So we're going to learn a lot about the Bills, but where I think I'm leaning toward, and I guess my thoughts on the Bills two weeks into the season is it's not really going to be the most explosive offense of all time, but I do believe they will finish this season as the most efficient. Um, the sheer ease that they have of long sustaining drives is so impressive. Um, Ken Dorsey stepping in as the offensive coordinator has continued and expanded upon the success that Allen had built with Brian Dayball before he left for the Giants. Um, they have a deep receiving room, good enough tight ends, and a couple of their running backs are also able to, uh, to to make things work in the passing game. So, you know, when you take a look at these numbers here, you know, Allen last night, 26 to 38, 317, four touchdowns, zero picks. Um, he was pretty efficient in week one as well, too. And, and obviously the big number that everybody's looking at is how little do they have to punt. And yes, they brought out their punter a couple of times last night. Um, their first punt of the season, they recover when the uh, returner can't, you know, he muffs the catch. And it's like, oh, my God, what can't the Bills do um, right? They are so difficult to defend. Um, 
they can essentially win a matchup at every level of the field. You know, Stefan Diggs is the ultimate cheat code here. And you see him work all three levels of the football extremely well. He is one of the top two or three receivers in football. He can work um, those quick five-yard out routes if the DBs are playing a little bit um, laissez-faire zone coverage if they're backed off. They will quickly, and Josh Allen notices this five times a game, he'll just make a quick audible. Hey, Stefan, just do a quick out route. Let's gain five yards. Let's keep the keep the drive moving. He's also that guy that can break ankles on the intermediate routes, and he can burn past you know the safeties in the in the third level of the defense. And as we saw last night, too, hauled in, a, I think it was like a 40-some yard touchdown there. So Stefan Diggs in himself is a cheat code, but then when you look at everybody else that they have in around the offense, you've got Dawson Knox who can make contested catches. You've got the running backs out of the backfield, like I mentioned earlier as well, too. Still missing Gabe Davis, but in his day, they've got a couple of guys that are showing up as well, too, in the passing game. You know, Kumaro, two catches, 50 yards. Isaiah McKenzie was in there a couple of times. Um, they, they went fullback heavy with Reggie Gilliam. You got Jamison Crowder um, and, and some other guys in there as well, too. So when all that fails, they also have Josh Allen, one of the smartest quarterbacks in all of football um to me when i watch football over the first two weeks and we can argue competition and you know where the rams having a little bit of a hangover are the titans even that good nobody has looked better to start off the season than josh allen he is just um he is above every other quarterback in the league right now and it almost reminds me to a sense of it's a little bit different because of how much the game has changed but it reminds me a little bit and you know, we we lived through a decade and a half of of Brady versus Manning. And it seems like the next decade, while there will be some other names in there as well, too, the big one right now is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And as crazy as it seems, Josh Allen, to me, has the mental state and, and the understanding of a defense of a Peyton Manning. You know, and that's not to say that Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes aren't drill sergeants, but but Josh is just so comfortable and and never forces anything too, which is the crazy part. Like he just understands like our offense is good enough where if I just get a five yard play here, you know, that sets us up second and short, just get a five yard chunk again as well too. Hey, maybe, maybe the play extends and I can either rip a long bomb to Stefan Diggs or I can carry it myself because I am a fullback and dangerous on the ground as well too. Um, although I don't believe he, he had one carry for 10 yards last night. So they really didn't use him a ton in the run game. Didn't need to, um, but when I watch Josh Allen, it's it's almost Patrick Mahomes-esque with a Peyton Manning mindset. And where I think Mahomes can still get tricked pretty often. Not often, that makes it sound like he's bad. But he gets confused by defenses. Um, and he will have some errant throws, um, poor decisions. It's not to say that Josh Allen is perfect, but when you watch him dissect a defense... I mean, when he is on, it just seems like he can't miss guys and he doesn't miss opportunities. Um, I really do think that, you know, I, I don't think it's a hot take and I think it's a pretty boring take to say that the Bills look like the most complete team in football uh, because through two games, they've scored a combined 72 points and outscored their team 72 to 17. And they're not bad teams. You know, the Titans might be bad. Um, and and I, would, I would love nothing more for them to be bad. Shout out to you, LA. Um, and then the Rams little bit of a hangover, probably just rolling into the season. They'll be a lot better as the year goes on. Um, but I think, I, I don't know at what point we'll start comparing this to the all-time greats. Maybe they need to get through this stretch of Miami, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City Packers. 
But once they get through that stretch, if this offense is still humming up and they're still putting up 30-point games, this is going to start getting the recognition of one of the greatest offenses of all time, which is crazy because they don't have necessarily a particularly great run game. You know, the greatest offense of all time, and you can go back to the greatest show on turf with the Rams, but to me, peak NFL offensive football is the 2013 Denver Broncos. They were not only, you know, finishing with the number one, um, you know, most passing yards and points per game in an NFL season. They are also a top five rushing team of all time. So they were multifaceted, whereas I, I think the Bills are going to be so pass happy. But because of Allen's ability to run the football and because they do have a few guys in there that only really need to break one or two plays on their own, um, this is going to approach the the center of, is this one of the greatest or the greatest NFL offense of all time? I don't know how you can take a look at the Bills right now and not say Super Bowl favorites. Obviously, there's a long season to, ahead of them. They got banged up a little bit last night, um, and, and it's it's no sure thing. You know, the NFL is a, a week-to-week league. Um, but through two weeks, nothing else compares to the Buffalo Bills on a football field from what I've seen. Next thing to pivot to, uh, I want to talk about my Indianapolis Colts. I had recorded a Monday pod where I went pretty heavy in on them, um, but I feel like it was a little bit... Um, discombobulated and I was a little bit all over the place so I didn't release that pod and instead I just looped them back into our segments for this morning Um, obviously the Colts just did not get off the bus in Jacksonville they lose to the Jaguars 24 to 0 Matt Ryan 16 to 30 under 200 yards three interceptions he obviously did not have his number two and number one wide receivers on the football field defensively the Colts were still without Darius Leonard um, and they had two of their other key playmakers on defense, DeForest Buckner and uh, cornerback. God, I'm blanking on names this morning. Kenny Moore uh, hobbled. So I didn't want to panic in week one over the Texans. Um, and I really tried to not panic over week two against the Jaguars because this is what Frank Reich and the Colts have been since he's taken over as a head coach. They have been slow out of the gates. They pick up some steam in the middle of the season and it either is enough that it sneaks them into the playoffs or they fall short miserably like last year. And I think the reason that the panic can start to set in this year is because of how poorly last season ended. You know, week 17, you lose the game-winning field goal to the Las Vegas Raiders. It makes the Jacksonville game a must-win. Everybody knows it's a must-win. They opened up, I think, you know, minus 16 in the Vegas books or maybe 17 against the Jaguars. They roll in and they not only uh, keep the game close, but they lose to Jacksonville, thus ending their season in dramatic fashion fashion, and in disgusting fashion. And the entire tone for Indianapolis this offseason was we need to, you know, bury the tape. We need to be pissed off. We need to be motivated and come out and hit the ground running strong in the start of 2022 because the only reason they didn't make the playoffs is because they also struggled to start last year's season. You can blame the Week 17 and 18 loss, but they wouldn't have been in that position if they didn't start off one and three or, you know, oh and two. So it was the mindset. We are structuring this team to hit the ground running. We are making improvements and upgrades to key positions, which they did. They upgraded at edge rusher with Yannick Ngakwe, upgraded at cornerback, bringing in Stefan Gilmore, albeit trading away Rocky Seen to the Las Vegas Raiders as collateral. They upgraded at wide receiver by bringing in Alec Pierce. You could probably still say, hey, maybe try and get another top playmaker to go opposite Michael Pittman. And they essentially upgraded at quarterback by bringing in Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. And jury's still out. Wentz looks good enough. 
in uh, in Washington right now, but I think Matt Ryan still got a, a, a little bit left in the tank here, and I think we might be overreacting a little bit too much to how he looked on Sunday because they were missing so many key pieces for that offense. So they go through and they make all these upgrades, and they are adamant. We are starting the season different than the past. This is a different kind of um, organization now. We have moved past the ugliness, and they look worse. They look like a worse football team than they did to finish off last season. The the loss in Jacksonville on Sunday was far more miserable and nauseating than the one in week 18 against Jacksonville. Yes, the stakes were much higher last year, but the team itself looked worse on Sunday than it did to finish off the 2021 season. So now you're sitting here, you're 0-1-1. You're still within the division reach because everybody else in the AFC South sucks. But here's the schedule. you got the Chiefs coming up this week at home. Um, then you've got the Titans, which, you know, we've got the Titans twice in the next five weeks. To me, those are still the top two teams in the division, but obviously um, it doesn't seem like any of them are going to be great. But then also mixed in there, you've got the Broncos, you've got Carson Wentz returning, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Chargers. Um, and then by January, if the Giants are any good, you'll have them as well, too. But I think by then they'll probably fizzle out a little bit, despite being 2-0 and to start the year. The problem is, if you want to win the division, you need to win the easy games, and they've already yet to win a single one despite having two of their easier opponents to start off the season. Everybody penciled in and, or you know, wrote it in ink that the Colts would start the season 2-0, and probably lose to the Chiefs, split with the Titans, um, maybe give the Broncos a run for their money because they don't look that great offensively. Um, and, and, you know, the Patriots are falling, but then you would say Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, that's a rough stretch. There's two ways for this season to go. And as much as it pains me to say it, you know, this Frank Reich era probably needs to come to its end. Um, I just don't know how you can start this many seasons in a row off to the same weak footing. I understand that they have consistently been an above average team, or at least at the very worst, an average team. You know, they've either been in the hunt going into the final week of the regular season, or they've been in the playoffs. That's what it's been under Frank Reich, and he has had to change a lot at quarterback, but how much time can you keep giving that as an excuse? We know Andrew Luck retired, you know, four or five years ago now. We know we've had a starting quarterback every single year, but you still, at the end of the day, have one of the more complete rosters in football and continue to struggle for at least a portion of the schedule every year. And it always seems to be the beginning, and it always seems to be against teams that are inferior. It's one thing to lose to the Chiefs and to lose to the Chargers and the Eagles, who look fantastic. It's another to lose to the Jaguars and to tie with the Houston Texans to start off the season. There's two ways the season goes. You bring in the Chiefs on Sunday. The Chiefs just rip it off. They just, you know, blow the the, the roof off Lucas Oil Stadium, the retractable roof. And uh, maybe you you host the Titans the week later, you lose, and then it's like, all right, we're moving on from Frank Reich. We're going to bottom out for this season. Really great quarterback class. Chris Ballard is a smart man, and he can look at his team and say this isn't a, a title contender. I mean, I think you can learn that pretty early in in the season. You can bottom out, get a new head coach in there, and uh, draft a future quarterback, whether that's C.J. Stroud. I'm not the biggest Bryce Young guy, but you could talk me into it if we had to. Um, but that's one route where I think we could get the answer on that within the next two weeks. I don't know if you fire Reich after a blowout to the Chiefs, I think maybe losing to the Titans uh, in that first week of October would probably be where you could say, okay, we're clearly just not good to compete in this division. So we're just going to tank the season, get a top quarterback, sit out Darius Leonard for the rest of the year because he is already banged up. 
get everybody healthy, ready for 2023. Trust Chris Ballard to make the right choices in the draft again, as he has done over the last few years, and move forward with a new regime. You know, I was just talking about him. Go get Ken Dorsey over from Buffalo, bring him in as the head coach, um, and and him and C.J. Stroud would be a, a fun duo. Or this goes the other way. We play the Chiefs extremely close. Hey, maybe we even beat them. Then we roll in, host the Titans, and we blow the roof off them. We're sitting there at 2-1-1. One, and one. Or at the very worst, one, two, and one. And the division is still going to be lousy and we're still competitive. We've got the Jaguars and the Titans. Maybe you catch the Broncos slipping on the road and um, and you push toward winning the division here. But at the end of the day, I just don't know if you can keep running things back with Frank Reich and giving and allowing him the same excuses to be made year after year. And um, I'll be completely honest. I, I'm a pretty rational Colts fan. Two years ago, with Philip Rivers, I said this is a playoff team. I don't think they make it past the wild card round, but they're a playoff team. And what did they do? They lost in the wild card round to the Buffalo Bills and were actually just a couple plays away from winning that if uh, Philip Rivers' arm just had a little bit of zip on it by the end of the season. Last year with Carson Wentz, I said this is not a playoff football team. And I thought I was going to be proven wrong when they got really hot, but at the end of the day, they fizzled out and missed the playoffs. I. I'm not giving up on this season, but I completely viewed it differently. <laughs> this is the first year where I'm just, you know, openly stunned by the results I'm seeing for the Colts. I thought that this was an upgraded team. I thought they would be closer to an AFC title berth than they would to be missing the playoffs. Um, and here they are, a one and one to the Jaguars and the Texans. And based on how the line has looked, I don't have great hope for them. I like parts of the defense. I think the receiving room, it's you can get mad about last week what quarterback is going to do well with with you know your leading receiver being Ashton Doolin and Naeem Hines and Desmond Patton. Like they didn't have their guys out there. And Jonathan Taylor couldn't get anything going on the ground game because they understood, Jacksonville understood they have no passing game. So I'm not giving up on the Colts just yet, but I do seem to be very um, misplaced for the first time in a few years about what this organization is. So the two ways. Get into Kansas City, play them tough, maybe sneak out a win and keep moving forward and try and do what you have done and what you've built around here and, and just, you know, resurrect these ugly storylines that the Colts have continued to start for themselves year after year. Or it's a blowout to the Chiefs, followed up with the loss to the Titans, get Frank Reich out and start anew in 2023. Just had to talk about them a little bit. I, I ignored them on the Texans. I obviously hate the way that this season has started but there's not much you can do about that can you all right and uh just to finish things off here we're going to talk more team specific next week i want to give you a few plays that i'm already on to start off week three of the football season a couple of totals that i think you can get good uh good odds on right now at this moment a couple of spreads that i took as well too um i have the over in Lions Vikings. Um, I'm a little worried about what we saw from Minnesota this past week, but I don't think Detroit's defense is, is as good as Philadelphia. So I believe that the Vikings will be able to bounce back and keep things rolling here. So I have the over of 51 and a half there between the, the Lions and the Vikings. I do have the under in the Chiefs Colts game. That is more so me just selling on the Colts offense at this moment. We don't know if Pittman is going to be back. Pierce is still in concussion protocol. Chiefs defense is ferocious and the Colts offensive line looks shaky. Um, like I just said beforehand, it's 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 going to take a, a lot of guts to pull out a win or to keep things close in Kansas City. I just don't see them being able to move the ball that well. And um, I do think our defense 
will at least hold up well enough against Kansas City. Um, and after their offense kind of looked a little gross against the Chargers, it wasn't pretty. I I'm just going to take the under on that one uh, of 49 and a half right now. Um, I also am on the over for Buffalo and Miami. One of the most exciting matchups of next week um, is going to be the Bills secondary taking on the Dolphins wide receivers and how that safety duo will travel with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. We're going to talk about the Dolphins tomorrow as well, too. We're going to talk Dolphins, um, not to, to get too separated from here, but I want to talk about the Eagles-Vikings game. I want to talk about the Dolphins, and we'll uh, we'll take a look at some other teams as well, too. But I'm on the over of Buffalo-Miami. Just think that's going to be an electric game. I, I think both teams easily are going to be able to put up points, and they're two of the highest scoring offenses we've seen this season. So what's what's to think that that's going to stop there? Um, under 46 Packers Buccaneers, lousy game. Buccaneers, they you know they signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad, but you're not going to have no Mike Evans. Julio's still banged up. You don't know if Godwin's going to be back. Packers decent enough of that defense, um, and then for the Packers as well too. You know, they put up 24 against the uh, against the Bears. Was it 24? I believe it was 24 up against the Bears. But this Buccaneers defense is aggressive up front. Um, and, and if you can stop the Packers run game, you virtually don't get much of them offensively at all. They need to be a multifaceted team. And if they can just sit back all day and defend the pass um, because the Bucs do have a good front seven, I just I see a very low scoring game, kind of like what we saw in New Orleans, Tampa this past week. Um, so those are four plays that I'm on to start to see to start week three, a couple of early lines that I took as well, too. I took 49ers money line when it was even, or it was minus 110. I, I've seen their up to now minus one and a half, but I think the 49ers are the better team um, going into Denver, I believe on, I know that's going to be a Sunday game, but give me the 49ers over the Broncos there. I also like the bills minus five and a half against Miami. I wish I took it a night before I would have taken it at four and a half um back before the bills had played their monday night game got the raiders minus one against the titans there i think two desperate teams but i think the ravens are 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 the, or the raiders are just a better team in general right now um, i also took kansas city minus six and a half because i think the it's either going to be a a colts win close or a chiefs absolute blowout what's more likely to mean a chiefs blowout um, and they give me the Ravens minus three over the Patriots as well, too. I think the Patriots are a mess. I think they're lucky to get that win over um, Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh looked just as ugly. And um, I don't like the Ravens. And right now, I believe the Ravens are averaging the most yards per play of any team in league history uh, through two weeks of the season. So those are some early plays to get on. The lines will obviously keep moving. So if you're hearing those, get them while you can because they will move a lot. There were a couple of lines that I got early last week that seemed to pay off well. Uh, my gambling card, I think I just finished up the numbers for week two. Make sure to follow on Twitter for my entire card each week. Um, but I just finished up this, uh, you know, doing the numbers on here. And so far this season, we are 42 and 38, but we are up just about three units on the season. Um, my higher unit bets are disgusting, um, but <laughs> I'm being saved by player props and my underdog parlay of the week, which is now I put out two each week. One is a little bit shorter odds, smaller odds. One is a little bit plus 700 to 900 range. Uh, this past week hit a Jets-Dolphins Moneyline Parlay, which was fantastic and, and super lucky. Um, and then the week before we had Steelers and the... Oh, who did we have the week before? We had the Steelers and somebody else, but it was a plus 900 that hit. Um, so two 
two really fun ones to hit out that's kind of saving us but yeah year to date above 500 up three units props are doing well totals are doing well as well too underdog parlay kind of saving us spreads have been a little bit yucky but that'll wrap it up for today's episode of quick hits thank you guys so much for listening we will talk to you tomorrow again going over the eagles vikings game thoughts on both of those teams eagles look dominant the vikings probably picked things up in week three um, we will talk about the miami dolphins offense and we'll get to see we'll pick we'll pick a third one in there as well too uh, but i will talk to you guys tomorrow peace